BBC Six Music. John Richardson. Morning, all. Pretty vacant by the Sex Pistols. Thanks to Zoe Ball. What a ridiculous world where I get to say thanks, Zoe. Cheers, Bally. Um, so it's John Richardson live from the Edinburgh Festival in a stonking mood. We've got uh, tea in here. We're going to have a right laugh today. We've got loads coming up. Uh, since the natural resource of Edinburgh in August is comics, uh, we've got loads of them coming in. So we've got two comics going head to head to tell you what news you need to know today. Friend of the show, Mark Oliver, is going to pop back in since we talked to him on his walk up here uh, he's going to come in and tell us how it's been turning it into the show uh, but most importantly of all we have an unfulfilled promise from last week and this man finally gets his meat <laughs> <laughs> so plenty to come today you can join in uh, text 64046 email johnrichardson.6music at bbc.co.uk um, so it's the Edinburgh Festival Matt Ford do you want to say a proper hello and not a sort of deeply sexual meat noise I tried to make it se- well f- first off the bat hello Britain it's Ford here <laughs> up, in, uh, up in Edinburgh not- just Britain. We've had oh, emails in. The world, yeah. Hello, Lots of world. emails in telling people, uh, we sort of ask what people do when they listen to the podcast, and um, several replies from all over the world. In, re- in reply, says Tim B, to what people do when listening to the podcast, I listen to the podcast while delivering mail as a postman in Sweden. Your show has got me through blizzards, lots of ice, and Fordy's ridiculous stories have kept me amused while cycling through two feet of snow and ice. My word. I was shocked, he says, to see a picture of Fordy on the website. I expected an animal, not a young politician. <laughs> the illusion has been shattered. Well, despite the voice and the body, the face <laughs> is actually still in quite good nick. <laughs> and, uh, I think that shows. Um, well, yes, I'm very pleased to be here. Very hungry. I've had no breakfast yet. Have you been saving this up for this? the longest I've been without food, probably since I was about seven years old it's a tragic <laughs> it cupboard accident <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm bearing up but I'm ready to get stuck into these yeah I went shopping yesterday cool. to get a load of meat I'm in food up here you don't want to perpetuate a stereotype but a lot of it is really really rank There's sort of processed meats and smoked fish and if you're in the middle of the street in the afternoon it's quite hard to get healthy food quickly yeah well, I went to the just... supermarket, though, and even in the supermarket, I kind of looked down the sort of... They've got an aisle for breakfast meats, and I thought, well, there's not going to be much here. The range of stuff that you can fry and stuff in your face first thing in the morning... It's unlimited. It's ridiculous. So what I've got, got for you... Um, we'll break it up into... All right, we'll start with uh, We'll start with this one. I'm not a big fan of people eating live on air, so what we'll do is I'll tell you what you're about to... <laughs> I'll tell you what you're about to eat, and then uh, we'll queue up a record and you can numb into it. How's okay, that? Okay, what about to receive. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I mean, I've cut two of each with the view that I was going to have some with you, um, but if there's one thing puts you off eating food, it's frying it first thing in the morning. I thought you were going to say watching me eat. So <laughs> no, well that, well, that might prove to be another one, but the, the <laughs> fat that came out of this stuff this morning... Oh, I didn't any oil in the pan really oh honestly you didn't need any oil i put a bit of oil in to get it started but then after that it was like a torrent of the stuff <laughs> um so what we've got is um a number of different produce and then a pudding and then of course after that's your challenge but we'll come to that so what we're going to start with is uh we've got here some pork sausage meat that's quite this was the nicest so okay. uh, do you want to well do you want to start with the nicest and work down or do you want to start with the worst and work up Start with the worst. Start Things with the going worst, to get better. That's my All right, then we're 97 going... <laughs> <laughs> We're going straight in with the haggis, then. Um, now, I've got the ingredients here. I did here. a peace sign in the air when I did that, so... <laughs> 97 pussy. Yeah, you're in the SNP's house now, so oh, I'll yeah, be careful okay. if I were you. Yeah. Um, we'll start with the haggis. I will not tell you what's in it until you've eaten it, if that's <laughs> all right. Um, just a normal haggis, isn't it? It's not just a normal haggis. Not a haunted um, haggis or whatever they call uh, it. Simon Howie, the Scottish butcher, made in the heart of Perthshire. 
Sounds good to me. Um, We're live in Edinburgh, and last week it was just me in a room, and now the whole team's here. We've got Adam up in Edinburgh, we've got Ben and Jenny down in London, so we're going to have a right... And it's actually going worse. It's better when I was just in a box. Um, (laughs) We can do that again. Should we come off the back of the record again and pretend I had a whole little witty joke about ha, 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 and then a man who's just... Well, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but he's just eating some. Um, haggis, how yeah, was yeah. that for you? Oh, it was delicious. First ever haggis. You heard it here live. Well, you heard the reaction live. You heard yeah. it in this live. Uh, I think John was too scared about the noises that I'd make. Yeah, well, it's difficult. I, I want the people to hear how you react when you see the meat, but I don't like the sound of chewing. No, you're so right. I assume most people chewing. don't. And early in the morning, I know we have a lot of people who tend to text an email saying, I'm hungover, can you please not talk about food? No, you're right. So, um, but there we go. So do you want to know what that was? You just, I mean, you know it was haggis. And yeah, you're quite was- it. Yeah, it was uh, quite a spongy consistency, bread-like, uh, but obviously meaty and herby. Yeah, I mean, so ideally, nice. it's very pleasant. Probably be slightly different. But it's it a spicy been... aftertaste. I've got to say, it's peppery. Yeah, It'll peppery, have a peppery. That's it, peppery. It's really not. I mean, I love haggis, neeps, and tatties. A little bit of really neeps, tatties, are spuds, mashed right? swede and uh, mashed potato. Really Ooh, nice. Lovely. The swede gives it a nice sweetness, and the pepperiness of the haggis, delicious. Um, so that was lamb's long. Is the <laughs> foremost ingredient in that. Lung. Lung, yeah. I love you. Oh, gee whiz. <laughs> you told me it was gee barley, whiz. you little fibber. <laughs> you said, what? what are these little blobs? Oh, it's barley. Yeah, it's, that was barley. It's, it's flipping, what are the little, uh, they look like broccoli, don't they? The uh, Alveoli. Alveoli, yeah. He's a good act. He's a good act. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's lamb's lungs, uh, oatmeal, dried onions, barley, salt, spices, beef fat, beef liver and beef heart. So that is a... Apart from the lamb's lung bit, that sounds... That's fine. That I'm cool with that. sturdy start to your day, that. Once it's gone in, there's nothing... There's sweet and all I can do about it now. <laughs> so I, I am not... I, I'm not going to let it bother me. So you know what? I recommend lamb's lung. It's a hearty meal. Yeah, well, it's, it's very fashionable now. Offal's coming back in fashion, isn't it? With this sort of slow food movement and Hugh Fernley Whittenstall saying, you know, if you're going to eat animals, you show them the respect and sort of eat all of it and don't waste any. So that's exactly what that's all about. You know, well, a lot I'm, of the I'm, very... I'm now full-on supporter of that. Trendy French peasant dishes, you know, that are coming back in fashion, all these trendy London types eating stews and whatnot. It's all because you get your carcass and you cook it. Isn't the best thing to do, just eat what tastes nice. You know, <laughs> lungs are not meant to be eaten, are they? Whereas sides... Yeah, but it's one of those things, it's predisposition. What, what, who decides what's supposed well, to be Well, if it's eaten? an organ, it's different. Actual meat is just the fat in it. That's the bit that's meant to be eaten. You don't eat organs, man. <laughs> do you? I mean, that's why I don't you like liver do. or kidney. Right. I'm not into that. So you might be surprised. I don't really like the smell of it. I think there is something about, probably the way God made this earth, right. that you should just eat the meat and not the organs. So you don't want these rooster's testicles, then? <laughs> no, I'll, <laughs> I'll stick them in my goblet. This is number two meat for you. Um, okay. This, like, oh, now this fascinates me. This is steak slice, what right? What the hell is this? Yeah, now that's supposed to be steak slice. It looks rank. <laughs> it looks absolutely... I have ever recalled it. That's the first time. We've got uh, we've got Adam to, leaning in, in with pictures, so like if you squ- go to the website, then you can see pictures of Fordy tucking in. It's called, this amazed me, it's called Braveheart Beef. Now, I, as an Englishman, <laughs> if I came up here and used the word Braveheart, my show would be ended, but you can happily... They put little blue flags on everything in the supermarket that's Scottish by provenance. Even, like, Baxter's Soup, all the price labels have the little Scottish flag on it. It's, oh, Baxter's Soup, that's ours! So this is... <laughs> This is tastes. It's just like corned beef. 
It's supposed to be steak sliced, yeah. So you've got three slices to work through there. So. It doesn't look like steak to me, does it? You? It's very pink. It looked a bit like steak when it was raw and in the packet, but what I'll on be honest. What have you done to this? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done anything to very it. Very rubbery, that, mate. You could bounce that off the ceiling. Well, it's, or said, the floor. To, it's said to cook it for 10 to 12 minutes. And they are, it's, it's you really, left it in the pan, didn't you? You look at that. It's not nice. And I went to cut into it to see if it was cooked. And I realised that the problem with this sort of nondescript meat that is not really a meaty it's like colour. The MDF of meat. <laughs> it just you can't tell when it's cooked or not because it just looks the same. It was just sort of this red bit with flecks in it. Looking at it, you know what that says to me? Truck stop. That's <laughs> the sort of thing you get on the on the way out to some hellhole on the east coast <laughs> of England. <laughs> so you're not a big fan of the steak slice? I'm not a massive fan of it. It's just tastes like it didn't taste of any particular meat. Right. Just taste me too. Well, I'm that probably isn't. No, I'm all right. <laughs> I'll have a little bit when we play this record. That is 70% beef you're eating there. What's the other 30%? Rusk. <laughs> <laughs> Rusk beef fat. I don't understand what the little blobs in these things are. Are you you're not allergic to sodium metabisulfite, are you? Not off the top of my head, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, that hasn't gone down well. We'll have a track. While we have this track, That's you can right. tuck into your next one. And they, this, I think, is the, the best one of the meats. This is black pudding and pork and beef sausage. Uh, well, I like the black pudding, but the pork sausage, the texture is it's just disgusting. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like a big medallion of butter that's gone hard. Are you telling me that's not what you want? I'm telling you that's not what you I want. You didn't get a body like that by <laughs> turning down. <laughs> no, I mean, this is this is what my body is basically the result of little extras. You know, your result full, of little exercise. Full, full, full fat milk instead of semi-skim milk. An extra few chips instead of the, it's just little bits here and there. <laughs> is it's that not what an you all think? day bad binge. It's just little bits and pieces here and there have added up over the years as my metabolism has slowed down. How dare you sit in my <laughs> studio and tell me that your body is the result of the odd extra chip what? when I've watched you sink at least <laughs> ten magnas a day for the first two weeks of this festival? Yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, see, they're little, just little extras, aren't they, really? Just cheeky little ones here and there in the afternoon. No one knows. Who cares? But, yes, I'm now heavier than John Prescott ever was. <laughs> um, so the black pudding's all right. Black pudding's lovely, actually, listeners. <laughs> really tasty. And you say it's fatty, because this is my problem about diet. There's nothing... I fried that in little oil. I drained off the fat as it was cooking. I put it on kitchen towel after I'd cooked... And it's still... It looks like it's still producing fat. <laughs> it's actually creating it. This is like something off an alien film. Look at it. It looks wrong, man. It's pink. It, it, it's just oozing. Just let me have a little extra nibble, just in case I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> little extras, little no, extras. No, that is absolutely random. Well, there's like a reward hard. for getting through that. The Scottish treat is a uh, fried fruit slice. That's what they do. you got to have some fruit with your breakfast. Oh, Why wouldn't mate. you? mate. What is... Oh, that's lovely. It's just like they look little... Like, they're like little Do they all come cakes. in this shape if you cut them into this shape? They're no, all no, the they same... all came in that shape. They're, they're all in the same packet. So you can't tell what you're eating, I think. You just shove it in your face. How's that, little bit? That is absolutely brilliant. There we go. That's that a is little... delicious. That tastes like a bit like an echo. Uh, text and emails uh, coming in. Hello, John. Hope Adam's feeling okay. I'm going to see Matt Ford today <laughs> and I will buy him a pint. Regards, John <laughs> Cole. John? She John Cole. Jen? No, John Cole. All right, John. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in the real sense, you know, see you later, not like, see you later. Yeah, what state are you going to be in, though, after you've gone to see Nottingham Forest? <laughs> 
Let's we were in a bar the other night having a quiet little drink, and just the word <laughs> Nottingham Forest came up on the screen. Oh, it was on a big screen, like the sort of walkabout, <laughs> wasn't it? The Globe or something yeah. in Edinburgh. And they had a Sky Sports advert, so there's got to be a clip of Forest on there. Sunday, Nottingham Forest versus Reading. These two girls sat opposite trying to have a little drink and a dry sherry and talk about their, you know, whatever they were talking about. They were smashed. All they could hear was (laughs) Fordy. So, yeah, um, enjoy the show, John Cole. Um, I don't know what to say. You know, if if Reading win, it'll be a terrible show. But if Forest win, it'll be a terrible show. Uh, Um, And uh, Holly in Hornsey. Hornsey Holly. Hey, Holly. <laughs> um, she says, hello, John. A friend and I are coming to the Fringe for the first time next week. Any tips? Um, I can just... think of two off the top of my head. <laughs> John Richardson, Dogmatic, and Matt Falls on Heat, and Mark Oliver Ramble on. Yeah. Um, That's just, three. Do you know, the thing about the Fringe, if you've never been here, it's just incredible. The first day you arrive, you just cannot believe that the whole city has been... T- it's like it's Glastonbury, amazing. but a city. Just a whole city taken over by music and theatre and... Co- it's just incredible. And booze. Have a wander around. Go and see some rubbish stuff. Oh, I w- I've been to see some absolute hell, <laughs> deliberately, and they've had bad reviews as well, so I know for a fact I really suck out. Seeked out? What's the past What did you say? Suck out? Sucked out. <laughs> sort out. Sort out. I believe out. is the phrase you're looking for. Sort out. Thank you. <laughs> and it was, I can't name it, obviously, for legal reasons. Sucked probably, out but, some um, incredible comedy this week. Um, so back dench. to the food, Fordy. Yes, mate. On topic. Um, Johnny in Edinburgh, I hope that all the food challenge items are battered before being deep fried or you will not be doing this type of Scottish cuisine in full justice. Um, and then uh, Kim says, it seems the rank food talk still makes me feel ill even without the hangover. Is it worth us texting or are we being ignored? You Clearly are not, not. Being ignored. Just need to chill out. Someone's woken up in a grump. You have your out. say, man. This is the BBC. Have your say. Your views matter. And <laughs> ha- what number do they text for, dude? Uh, 288-291. Someone's a Steve Wright fan. Um, 64046, if you'd like to join in. Ah, now, you are about to get set your challenge God, for today. I've got to go out walking after this. Your challenge, uh, yeah. I was going to say, should you choose to accept it, but you haven't got a choice. Um, <laughs> as discussed last week, there's a rumour going around that you can take any food stuff into an Edinburgh chippy and they will batter it for you. Okay. So what we've got here is uh, two Turkish delights. Oh, lovely. I love a Turkish yeah. If you can bring that battered, you will find me a happy man. And as a curveball, I've brought you in a stick of asparagus. Woo! So if you can raw, get all of those raw. battered. Is it raw? Um, this is raw in current state, so they call it crudité, don't they? If you can get that battered, I mean, it'll be far from tempura batter. Um, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. That was a foreign language to me. Sorry, I, I like food. Posh so, food. I want you to go out now, uh, if you don't mind. No, I don't mind at all. It's food, mate. Now, the thing is, I feel bad that this week's challenge, having mocked you for your diet, has pretty much involved you eating rubbish. So next week's challenge should revolve around sport. Yeah. So, I put it to you, if you can go out and get these battered, okay. I'll go easy on you. So, if you successfully get these battered and back in the studio uh, before the this end of the show... It's such a weird relationship now, because until now we've just been mates. <laughs> Not necessarily equals in comedy, but in our private lives, equals, I'd say. Now, you've got a real... You've really got power over me now. Do you feel I'm, I'm waving I'm, it? I'm wanting... What well, I'm basically begging for mercy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most bizarre... Yeah, I tell you what, you can walk away at any point, Pardy. You can just say I'm above all this. Nah, man. 
I want in on this. So if you get that battered, then your challenge for next week will just be a nice picnic on top of Arthur's oh, seat. How's that? I'll get you some lovely cheeses and whatnot. And a taxi up there. If you <laughs> fail to get Arthur's these battered... Arthur's seat's a mountain, by the way, for those people. Yeah, just outside Edinburgh. Lovely walk. Um, if you don't get these battered, I think you're going to have to go and do the dry ski slope. <laughs> oh, mate! Naked. <laughs> yeah, that actually appeals more. Uh, well, just because I'm mental, me. So apparently, you see my big brother audition tape, mate. Ow! Have you actually done it? That's it. It's perfectly conceivable that you. <laughs> my name's Fordy. I love forest and being mental. <laughs> just get me in there, man. Just get me in there. Oh dear. I love right. Dizzy Rascal. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we'll bid you off with a lovely track. Cheers, mate. Um, we're gonna play Summertime by the Sundays. Oh, there lovely. you go, you have, you have your goods in hand, and, uh, all I'd say, if you run a chip shop in the Edinburgh area, get Bruce. ready to get sucked out by 4D. Uh, he is on his sucked way. Out. We've had a couple of texts in from people suggesting an actual chip shop that, uh, seems to be quite well known, that will, what's the text yeah, there, it's the Clifton in Clifton Terrace by Haymarket will fry anything, says Duncan, and earlier somebody anonymous said, will fry anything for 30p. There we go. So perhaps uh, perhaps we should have read those texts out before we sent 4D out into the wilderness with no clue whatsoever. But if there's a man who's got links at chip shops, I'm guessing it's 4D. He with probably his... knows them all. He was very arrogant this morning about whether he could get it done. He was certain. I said, oh, do you think you'll actually get it done? He said, yeah, mate, no problem, no problem. Um, so 4D's out. Uh, we've still got plenty to come. Uh, soon we'll have Mark Oliver in the studio. First of all, we've got uh, a little bit to sort out. And listen up. John's got a bit of admin. <laughs> that was proper sort of jingle radio, that, wasn't it, with the uh, the trumpet? Um, right, two bits of admin to sort out. One, a text uh, from a friend of mine. Uh, it's always nice to get a text while you're on air from a mate referring to you as an expletive deleted. Um, but he wants to know what the song was that I said in a stupid accent. Um, it was Five Years' Time by Noah and the Whale. Um, I was just doing a hilarious joke. He says, my mum wants to know, and it's her birthday. So happy birthday to my friend Sam. Sam's mum, Claire. Uh, and also, we've had a text. Dear John Fordy et al, what it look like, what it look like. Can you please give a few little celebratory whoops for my girlfriend Amy's 23rd birthday? I'm now off to buy her a card from Tesco, so I need this text to compensate for the rubbishness of the card. Um, I don't know if I can do whoops. Um, yeah, ooh, 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 ooh. Um, so happy birthday, uh, everybody who's got a birthday today. If it's not your birthday, just have a smashing day. The texts about this chip shop keep coming in. Uh, at Easter, the Clifton Terrace chippy, even deep fry, uh, deep fried cream eggs. The very thought of it makes me gag, says Grace. I imagine that would be dangerous. If because if imagine if you deep fried it too much, the stuff would go really sugar goes hot, doesn't it? And you'd bite into it, bang, explosion in your mouth. But yeah, confirmations that uh, people will uh, fry anything at these <laughs> these two chip shops, uh, the Clifton Terrace. So hopefully Fordy will find his way there. If not, he's probably just knocking on doors. Just go, excuse me, I ain't got any fat, have you? Um, and then a text from Al says, Hi John, I came to your gig on Monday. There was a gigantic man in the front row with an I've beaten anorexia t-shirt on. Was that Fordy? <laughs> Fordy was in my show this week. I don't know if it was Monday, but he certainly hasn't got an I've beaten anorexia t-shirt. He's probably just wearing his forest t-shirt everywhere this 
this week. He's so excited. Um, so um, we had some news stories emailed in, some uh, some crackers. Uh, we had one in from Steph saying, uh, hello, John, I hope you're well. Found this story in a freebie newspaper this week. Toilet break creates mess. A truck driver ended up leaving a trail of mess along a road when he stopped for a toilet break this week. The unnamed driver pulled his truck into the side of a road in Washington when he was caught short. As he got out, the truck slipped down the side of an embankment and his load spilled over the road. This is the incredible bit. The truck was carrying 49 tonnes of river sediment. Uh, I don't know why you would feel the need to transport river sediment. You're kind of asking for trouble there. But the best story I've seen this week I was handed was uh, the, the article's called Social Networking for Pets? Question mark. First there was Friendster, then came MySpace, LinkedIn and Facebook. Now more and more, social networking sites that target pet lovers are appearing on the scene. The latest is Doggy Space which launched in July, uh, you can set up a website now for your dog. Um, and they say it's for dog owners to get help and support on specific issues that go beyond traditional message boards. I would argue it's a way of targeting lonely old women who are alone but for their dogs who will spend money on pretty much anything. But I, I don't know if, if this is an interesting thing, so I, I kind of like you to text in to confirm whether you think this is worth it or not. Apparently they've got 3,000 registered users already, which I think is quite a lot. Um, so text in six. 4046, email johnrichardson.6music at bbc.co.uk with the most extravagant thing you've ever done for a pet or heard done, whether it was a cat or a fish. I suppose mine was, uh, we, when my dog died, we had him cremated, which cost a little bit of money. And, and looking back, I suppose, I don't know, but how do you dispose of a dog elsewhere? Um, but yeah, we had him cremated and then we buried his ashes and planted a tree, which uh, was one of the hippier moments of the Richardson family history. Um, but if you've done anything particularly extravagant for a pet, then let me know and uh, we'll have a chat about that someone texts in to say hello if you're giving out whoops how about some for the scottish exam results that came out on tuesday i would whoop, but it doesn't really say how well you did so if you did well you can have whoops and i'm pleased to welcome into the studio with his first act being a, a whoop uh, mr mark Olver. do you want to whoop for people Ooh, yeah is that a whoop what's a whoop in it? i don't think that's that adam good. yeah yeah i thought a whoop was like ooh. it's yeah, like yeah, onomatopoeia isn't yeah. it that ooh. but that was a that was a i'd call it a whinny yeah, but uh, but uh, whoa, that's a little bit too laddy. I was going, you know. That's okay, good. yeah, fair enough. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. Did saying, you enjoy it? Perhaps it wasn't exactly what I asked for. That's did, all I'm saying. Did you enjoy it? No. Okay. Um, so and now what we're talking about is um, they've launched uh, Doggy Space, which is a MySpace for dogs. Oh, have they really? Yeah. Oh, I like the sound of that. Um, Mandrosos uh, is one of the people associated. It says it's been a goofy thing to do at the end of the day when you get home from work and you just want to talk to someone What's in your... What's this person's name? Uh, Mandrosos. Spanish, obviously. Connie Mandrosos, who she's, founded the site while searching for... She's obviously for an... Spanish. Do a do a actual voice. She's not Spanish, called Connie. Oh, no, that's a good point. Is a goofy thing for do at the end of the day. Uh, when you get home and you want to talk to someone in your dog's voice and say, how was your day? Woof, woof, woof. So it's basically mental illness. It's people getting together and pretending they're dogs. Uh, so we're asking people what's the most extravagant thing they've done for pets. Like you see old grannies who dress dogs up and give them like steak tartare for tea. I've got another question. This is dog space, is that right? Is uh, it called dog space? Doggy space, it's called. Doggy yep. space. Doggy space. I'd be interested to know, uh, Martha, my lovely girlfriend, has got on uh, uh... MySpace uh, a MySpace page for her cat, Sid. Right. Um, and I wonder how many people on Facebook or MySpace or all those other social networking sites have got, you know, pages that they've set up for their dogs and cats. Because I bet there's loads, isn't there? I reckon a good... I would say 5% of all Facebook entries... Are you about to do a stat throwout? 5% of all Facebook entries 
off uh, people's cats or dogs. Well, Discuss. Well, we need Jimmy MySpace on the line. <laughs> Who's the guy in charge of MySpace? What's that guy you have to be friends with? Derek, or whatever his name is. Oh, I can't remember him. Yeah, I'm... He's everyone's mate, because yes. he set the site up. He could probably tell us how many are dogs. It's a ma- I tell you, 5% are cats and dogs, then 20% is people setting up sites for celebrities, like Lawrenson and people like that, who've all got, like, four MySpace accounts. I don't understand it. Your MySpace account was brilliant when it wasn't really you. Someone set up a fake John Richardson MySpace account. There's still account. one out there now. Is there still one out yeah. there? Yeah. It's brilliant, because it, it, they try and sound like you. So every now and then I'll get a... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every now and then they'll get a little bit grumpy, <laughs> but um, but they don't do it with the uh, with the vigor that you do it. No, well, no one really hates quite as deeply as I do. <laughs> <laughs> as anyone who's seen my Edinburgh show this year will testify. So, have you ever done? You, I, I see. I don't count you as a pet man. I love dogs. I absolutely. We had a little um, black cocker spaniel called Cindy who uh, who died while I was doing my A levels. Did you just... Why, why did, why Producer did Adam, Adam mocking the name why Cindy. Why did Adam Hudson just mock the name Cindy? It's because she was black, like Cinders. Like, you know, like Ash, like Cinders. Not oh, really? Cindy, yeah. Oh, that's quite clever. How old were you? I, well, I didn't name her. No, that's quite named clever, her. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she was an amazing dog. An absolutely amazing... Although I've got real kind of... I'm going around the country at the moment just seeing all these dogs, wishing I had them. When I did the walk... Because uh, I walked from Bristol to Edinburgh. When I did that walk, um, I met so many amazing dogs, including one in a place called Salatin, called Murphy. Who, if you put your hand up, it would come up to you, walk up to you, and high five you. Now, that didn't is... make that noise though, did it? Well, no, it did. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it what did. up, dog? <laughs> yeah, you seen it? You seen it? What it wolf like? What it wolf like? <laughs> Um, all right then. Um, so, did you ever? What was the most extravagant thing you did for Cindy? Did you buy it anything or? This sort of thing we're looking for. Um, James well, no, she, she was an amazing dog because she didn't need; she just used to give. So, if, <laughs> if, so if I was off uh, <laughs> off school, oh, if, no, it's getting nothing, very bawdy. No, there's nothing bawdy about that. She, if, if I was uh, if I was ill, so I think I was about seven or eight when we got her. When I was about eleven or twelve, if you were ill, you had a day off school and you lay on the sofa and you watch rubbish telly. Uh, Cindy would come up to you, lie on the sofa, put her head just on the settee, and just kind of look at you all day and just kind of stroke you every now and then. She didn't need... That presents. must have been a bit weird, on it, when you're a bit spaced out and you've got a fever and there's just a dog. Hello. Oh, no, you're not very well. I'm just going to sit here and stare at you in an Irish accent, don't. Um, I don't know why he's got an Irish accent. It doesn't seem to make any sense. Um, so the kind of thing I'm looking for, James Bennett in Birmingham. Dear John, when I worked in DFS, I served a woman who came in specifically to buy a sofa for her Rottweiler to sit on. Very weird indeed. That's ridiculously extravagant. Um, so keep these coming in 64046 uh, music at we'll also chat after about how it's been uh, having finished the walk turning it into a show email from Bob in Nunhead uh, John I've been thinking for ages how much I'd love to hear Brilliant Mind on the radio and then you play it it sounded better than I remember that's just the way we do things around here psychic <laughs> tunes psychic <laughs> tunes uh, that was Santa Gold nice you enjoyed that I do enjoy that although is that the album cover where she's kind of spewing gold is that Santa Gold I don't know. We'll get people on it. We'll get people I know, on I'm it. Sure there's, a, there's, a, there's a cover of Summer and she just seems like she's being... But I really like that. No, I like that a lot. Um, so, emails about animals and MySpace. Uh, In Bed with Bert is our dog's MySpace, say uh, Anne and Helen. We put onside bands who play Cardiff up. If Bert, our whippet, sneaks into bed with them, then they can join. <laughs> 
Um, John, did you know there's a Facebook application called Catbook? My sister and her friends all have pages for their cats. That's from Pete in Bristol. John, your whoop sound sounds a bit like a startled dog. Uh, so that's on comment. And uh, Em emails in to say, your blog on Burkhouse was brilliant. Well done. Tom is in charge of that's, MySpace. That's, that's to me, not that's, you. Yeah, that's what I said, isn't it? I don't know. It's just you made it sound like she was saying, you know, oh, well done, John, for your blog on Burgos. No, I like, believe I, I said the word Mark. Okay, I don't know who did. I featured heavily in the blog, though. You did? Once. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope that you have taken the time to look at bdogs.com. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, B-Dogs. B-double-E-Dogs.com. Can we get you on that? Hudson? Oh, is that dogs? I assume that's dressed dogs as bees. dressed like bees. Um, <laughs> and an anonymous text says, why don't they just go out and walk the dog and meet other dog walkers instead? Well, I think uh, dogging has ruined walking dogs for everyone. Once again, perverts ruin a wholesome activity. Um, so extravagant. No, get out. You, you're running a lot while you're up here. You get run- out. You can't yeah, do that in a Bristol accent like out. you're from the Bronx. No, get out, Get man. out of your house. Get out. Get out of your house and see people walk. I don't mean like get out of here. Yeah. I mean get out of your house Hold and see. Up. There's loads of people walking dogs everywhere. They've not. The pervert has not ruined that activity. Perverts ruin everything, Alva. You're sticking up for them because you're one of them. But <laughs> I know full well that you can't move for perverts nowadays. I'm trapped in a studio with two. Um... <laughs> Yeah, see, the extravagant things for pets is kind of backfiring and people are just talking about horrible things they've done. Uh, Some nice ones. Um, I used to find my cat sitting outside my door looking angry in the rain after I'd got back from a big night out, so I'd bring her inside. It's not extravagant, but I miss her. And then uh, regular texter Bill Von Buckley, I just let my cat out of the cellar for the first time in two days. Not particularly extravagant, but it's the best that's happening for her. (laughs) So, you know... what? Where do you stand on dressing up your dogs... So, like, with Cindy, we used to put her in T-shirts and stuff because that looked quite cool. But where do you stand on, on the... Did you ever dress up Bilbo? Um, no, Bilbo could do impressions, so he didn't need to be dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> he did, uh, did impressions of... Uh, my friend Sam, who's listening with his mum today, will back me up on this. Bilbo was an incredible impressionist. He could do a seal, a fox and a bear. If you sort of grab the back of his head and bring his furrows forward he looked exactly like a bear he was an incredibly talented dog but i draw the line at dressing up dogs it's unnecessary sunglasses fine <laughs> we've all put sunglasses on a dog maybe a baseball cap but i don't the outfit they just don't need them do they what about those little doggy coats that you see yeah i don't see the point maybe the small no. ones i do get very emotional you know when you see a dog shaking out in the rain yeah stood outside i kind of i feel a bit sorry for them but i'm scared to go up to dogs now why well, just because you don't want to get nipped, do you? Or bitten or anything like that. Some of them are angry dogs. Well, yeah, but you can tell from a distance if they're going to be a nice dog or a not nice dog. Oh, I don't know. Oh, you can. Maybe that's Fordy's challenge next week. <laughs> <laughs> just go up to dogs. <laughs> yeah, take um, Fordy out and see if he gets bitten. We've had a text in from Fordy. It seems you might have had joy. I was kind of hoping he'd struggle, because if he fails this week, he's got to ski down the longest dry ski slope in Europe, which is just outside Edinburgh. Um, and if he succeeds, he gets to go for a picnic. Uh, at the top of Arthur's seat, which which I will fund. So it looks like he's going to But that, that would also be a challenge for Fordy, that, though. The picnic? At the top of Arthur's seat. Yeah, well, that's the idea, because I feel bad that he's he's basically putting on weight for the radio show, and let's be honest, he doesn't need to put on <laughs> any more weight uh, as a man who deals with him every day. Disappointingly, Matt Ford has had a result, and he's already, I think, um, ready with someone who's going to batter his chocolate for him. Is that true, Fordy? That's right, we're at clamshells on the Royal Mile, and I'm getting two Turkish delights and uh, an asparagus <laughs> battered oh. uh, right here. So, uh, can who's, we, can who's we doing the battering right? for you? Cully. 
Right, here we go. Oh, can I come through? Let me be on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Health Christ. and safety, Fordy. Health and safety. Get a hairnet. Yeah, yeah, I'm standing well back. Don't, don't sweat in the fat. My word, this looks... Oh, it looks so hot in there. Tell us what you're seeing, Fordy. I'm seeing big slabs of, um... What are they, mate? Chicken? Are they fish? Where's the asparagus? <laughs> oh, it's turned, it Oh, it's just waiting. They're, they're just... They're, late, they're doing the lean bits first. They're getting the proper stuff out of the way. Here it comes. This is the moment. What's the bloke's name, Fordy? What's your name, mate? Sorry. Massimo. Uh, it's a cracking place. This, I've been to clamshells quite a few years on the trot, to be quite honest. <laughs> I knew if I came here first. About 20. The Turkish Delight's being unwrapped. Can we hear it going in? The magic sauce. Fordy, put the phone near the fat so we can hear it. Okay, I'll put the phone near the fat so you can hear it. Don't right, drop it, though. Listen to this, listen to this. Are you ready for this? Yeah, Give yeah. the batter. In she goes. Can you hear that? No. no. <laughs> uh, it really make it, I mean, it's not, it's not meant to make it. It's for taste. Oh, I'm excited, than, though. Man, it's not a music experience. But t- in goes the asparagus. Sweets first, in comes the savoury. God, that looks disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and you sent me a text, Fordy, saying that it's already busy in the chip shop there. It is, yeah, yeah. It was, it was very busy when I got it. Uh, it's marvellous. <laughs> it's clearing away. God, this is... I'm, I'm actually... This is like being backstage for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. I'm near my heroes. The kebab machine. The, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, this is like Wonka. <laughs> this is astonishing. Right, oh. I think that's going to take a couple of minutes, so... Uh, OK, well, um, when, uh, let's just end. Give a big thank you to... Uh, it's Massimo, and where are you, Fordy? Massimo at Clamshells on the Royal Mile. Without a doubt, the best fish and chip shop, not only in Edinburgh, but the world. And Fordy, will you let anyone take stuff in to be deep-fried? Will you let anyone come here and deep-fry stuff? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much, uh, Steve-O from Jackass came here a couple of years ago and got a load of CDs deep-fried. <laughs> Well, that is an open invitation. Uh, thank you very much to them. So, Fordy, as soon as those are done, then <laughs> hightail it down here, because I want it warm, all right? All right, mate, I'll bring it straight down to you. Well done, Mr Matt Ford and Massimo at the chip shop. Thanks very much, bye-bye. Right. Thanks, up. Now, Fordy's legging it round here with his hot chocolate. Um, now, uh, Mark Over's still here. You're doing the show Ramble On, which is about the walk that you did from Bristol to Edinburgh. We caught up with you a couple of times on the walk. Yep. How's it been uh, transferring that? to an audience, because I mean, it's quite a personal thing to have done. It's been, it's been good. I, I think one of the problems is, it was such an amazing experience for me that I've had to transfer that five-week incredible experience of walking eight hours a day and having these amazing adventures into 50 minutes of kind of, like, three or four funny stories. Yeah. So, it's fun, you know, it's nice to do, and it's fun to do. I just kind of missed a walk, really. Wow. Yeah. So you might go AWOL and just disappear again. I'm tempted. Because you mean, started trimming the beard, that for me was the sign that you were back in society, because you just let it rampant and then you trimmed it. And yeah. But you... now, even though I trimmed it only a week or so ago, it's coming back, so maybe the beard is telling me that I need to go again. So are you planning another, a big adventure then? Has I'm going to do something, yeah. Oh yeah, completely. I can't just kind of, just sit down and not do anything anymore. I need to kind of you know, uh, get off my backside and, and do stuff. And the walk is brilliant. It's an adventure doing it, and it's an adventure writing an Edinburgh show in, like, two weeks. By the time I got to Edinburgh, most other people had kind of done 15 or 20 Edinburgh previews. Yeah. Um, I kind of was still writing the show and still feel like I'm writing the show. It changes every night. Okay. So every night it's a bit different than the night It's a good thing for a comic, because it's a long old festival, unless you make little tweaks. I'm trying to start every show with something different that I've done that day. But but, but both of us get a little... Well, I think most good comics get a bit bored of just droning on. Yeah. And uh, and I've started finding that. But now I've I've come out of that and just having a lot of fun with it. And it's good. And last night was really busy, and hopefully tonight will be busy. And, you know, I'm enjoying it. And I just... 
Oh, begin middle of the week. I want you to go home now. I'm just quite happy doing it. So good. Uh, well, if you're at the Edinburgh Festival, go and see Mark Oliver. The show is called uh, Ramble On, and it's at the Smyrna Underbelly. Underbelly at nine ten. So go and see that. Uh, it's John Richardson live from Edinburgh. We've said goodbye to Mark Oliver. He's gone rambling around Edinburgh somewhere, uh, and joined in the studio by two more comics. Two comics, part of an elite band of comics uh, who call themselves the Backup Mics. Uh, it's a very uh, trendy club. It's basically comics who uh, we are mates and we have dinner parties together and we've called ourselves the backup mics. So uh, I have uh, with me Mr. Dan Atkinson. Morning, John. <laughs> very officious, nice. Uh, and Mr. Lloyd Langford. Hello. Nice, very Welsh, but you know. I can't help that. Yeah, sorry. Um, so uh, Lloyd and Dan both doing our festival. Now I've invited you in to talk about news stories and whatnot. I'm setting up this kind of head to head. What do you do when you're in Edinburgh except get mates of yours and get them to go head to head? So I'm going to do kind of a winner stays on. Whoever can sum up today's news with just one story, uh, we'll put it to the audience, find out you know which people enjoyed the most. That's winner stays on. They'll be back on next week to take on another comic. But first of all, we've been chatting about pets uh, from the news that uh, they've launched a website called Doggy Space. Uh, where you set up it's like a MySpace account but for your dog oh, and you God. can yeah you can chat to other dog owners um, do the dogs get groomed <laughs> <laughs> oh that's I can't believe I didn't think of that that's see Lloyd Langford good. is on form this Edinburgh there's um, yeah I suppose they do uh, and then you can take pictures of it and we checked a site called beedogs.com which is as it suggests just dogs dressed up as bees wonderful yeah which sounds like it could go anywhere to be honest bee dogs wasp dogs monkey dogs Monkey dogs. That's got to be done, surely, hasn't it, Sonia? So, um, I don't know whether... I, I never, you're either a pet person or you're not. Dan, are you, have you had pets? We've always had family dogs. Right. And now I've got a fish. I'm not allowed a dog in the house. Why not? Uh, landlady. Oh, landlady. Not like your girlfriend just said. No, landlady says, uh, says no dogs, no pets. In, uh, so we've got a fish, which okay. is like breaking the rules. So we feel... Are you not even allowed fish? We've got a fish, but we're not allowed pets. You're not supposed to have a fish. Is, is a fish not a pet? I think a fish is a pet. Because I love it like a pet. Do you? Yeah. What do you do with it? I don't know, watch it. Do you talk to it? Yeah, talk to it. What's the most extraordinary? Is it like a, a big uh, tank with one of the filters it's a very, and all Yeah, it's got, it's got all the equipment that a tropical fish would have, apart from the heating equipment, because that would kill it. It's just a goldfish. Probably best leave that out, then. Um, it's uh, a goldfish. They can last years, can't they? Yeah, I had a goldfish last about it. I tried to kill years. it three times. <laughs> How? Because once it dies, I can have a, the tropical fish, because I've got the heating equipment ready right. to go in there for when this dies yeah but it won't die did you where do you get it from the fair or from you, an actual oh i can't remember some old guy when it street. does die you can uh, take it to a chip shop on the royal mile and get it battered for free i've heard they'll batter anything they'll batter anything more news from that later <laughs> uh lloyd blankford are you a pet man yes um we we always have uh, pets we had a goldfish that my uh, cousin won for my brother when he was about four or five and he got to name it uh, so he called it chopper the whopper <laughs> and, uh, we had to keep with the name Chopper the Whopper and like you say I think the goldfish lasted about 14 years yeah that's oh, incredible no. yeah enjoy that you'll have moved by then as well you'll be in a house that well if this credit crunch and all that nonsense houses are worth 50p and all that you'll be in a house you'll be able to get a dog but you won't be able to because you'll still be committing to this fish I find it depressing that this fish will probably live longer than I do <laughs> what have you called your fish something Michael Palin Michael Palin, yeah. from... From just the Monty Python. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with Palin, but he hasn't done a particular fish yet. We just had two. He was quite pallid and roamed around the tank, and then there was another one uh, that would wrap up against the glass, so he was called MC Hammer. <laughs> so we had... <laughs> 
we had MC Hammer who'd wrap up against the glass, and then Michael Palin who would serenely roam the globe of his um, of his particular sphere. What uh, what happened to MC Hammer? MC Hammer. He was popular in uh, the early 90s. <laughs> and uh, then he just kind of faded out. Do you know, I think he was the subject to one of Fordy's rumour mills. I seem to remember MC Hammer working in B&Q somewhere or something like that. We've had requests to bring back Fordy's rumour mill. We might do that next week. <laughs> um, so MC Hammer got a terrible tumour. Oh, so dear. it's not that funny. No, we should probably move on. Um, and the choppers, how's the chopper going? Chopper's dead. Right. <laughs> Somewhat sombre end to the light-hearted pet and Neither of you have ever had, like, dogs on Yeah, pets? desperate for a dog. I really want a dog. But not a little stupid dog. My criteria for the dog a that I need... A big stupid yeah, dog. A, a big stupid dog. A dog that's big enough to wrestle is the criteria. You need to be able to get round it and hurt it. <laughs> right. In a good way. Yeah, wrestle with it, fine. Uh, we've always had uh, Labradors in the Langford family. Not oh. just because we're fans of alliteration. <laughs> uh, but uh, Labradors, and we did have a rabbit, but it got uh, eaten by a fox. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I could listen to you tell stories like that all day. We're getting texts from people who aren't listening to the show, which is quite exciting, Weird. but when they get ahead of the people who are listening to the show, uh, sickening, the teenager sitting opposite me on the train and making out, he has a ponytail. Sorry I'm missing the show, but I'm listening to old ones on my iPod. I'll listen again when I get home, Amy on the train to Leeds. Uh, Tom Hodge, uh, Hodge, uh, says people, I don't know, I just, I just, I thought it said hedge, and it didn't, but by the time I'd stuttered, so the worst thing is stuttering and then talking about the fact that you've stuttered for five minutes. Um, people who put clothes on dogs should be shot. It's inhumane. They don't deserve to own dogs. So that's, uh, that's an opinion. Wow. Jill in Devon, my boss has an evil little dog, and when I went away with him, I had to hand feed it steak and chicken breast. The most degrading thing I've ever done. I like the sound of your boss. <laughs> I love dogs, but this spoilt thing hated me. My boss only flies Air France or private, so the beast can sit with him, Jill in Devon. I like the... It's a proper cartoon image of a boss in Feed My Dog. As <laughs> what you feed my dog. That steak is overdone, Jill, you're fired. Um, so, um, and uh, finally we'll end with this one. Crystal, I have had cat book and now have dog book for my cockapoo. Is that a new... It was one of these new horrible... <laughs> cockapoo? Is that right? It doesn't sound right at it all. It sounds like one of these new breeds that's a cross between a cocker spaniel and a poodle. Yeah, I would imagine. You couldn't call it a cockadoodle, could you, I suppose? Um, otherwise, what would a cockadoodle do? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's John Richardson soaking up comedy gold at the Edinburgh <laughs> Festival. <laughs> so, um, you've both got stories. I'm going to toss a coin to see who goes first. So, um, it's a pound. It is a, I'm not showing off, but things are going all right. Uh, Dan, since you have the bigger head, you're going to be heads. <laughs> <laughs> only, only in physical terms. Only by volume of hair. You have big hair oh, and a big beard. Yeah. Um, and Lloyd, you're going tails, and we don't need to talk about that. Um, it's a tale. It's a tale. So Lloyd Langford leading with a story from today's News of the World, I believe. Well, I wasn't going to tell uh, what newspaper it was. Okay, but so from a, a story from a publication unknown to us. Could be anything. Seahorse numbers <laughs> are soaring at the Scottish Sea Life Sanctuary in Auburn, Argyle, after the Randy Beasts embarked on a breeding frenzy. Right, well, that's... Uh, um, I love the fact that the news of the world will try and put sex into the most or least sexless of stories. Hey, uh, don't seahorses not have a gender? Yeah, I thought so that. So how can you be Randy and have both genders? I suppose not having a gender makes it easier to be Randy because there's no sort of discrimination. Oh, I've got to think this through. Yeah, I think they just they just go at anything, don't they? So, but don't they pick their gender afterwards? They do pick a gender, but only at some point, I think. 
Really? Because there's the old myth that it's the male seahorse that looks after the babies, when in fact, you're right, there is something odd about sea. I suppose they don't go into too much anatomical detail in today's news of the world. Surprisingly not. Probably just the words rotting and frenzy, and then they kind of lead it to people to do their own research. That's the thing about people who read the news of the world, they will go and do their own research <laughs> afterwards. You know, I enjoyed that story about seahorses, I'm curious to find out more. If I ain't on Wikipedia, I ain't reading it. Diane, where's my library card? <laughs> So, um, all right, so Lloyd Lanford leading with today's news that you cannot move in, where was it, Arbroath? Oban. Oban, for rotting seahorses. Uh, Dan Atkinson, what is your story to rival that? Well, I think this is obscene. Um, they're not in the same way that the seahorses <laughs> were obscene. They're, they're trying to ban popcorn in cinemas. Well, you said that like you are on the right stuff as well. It was incredible well, for a minute there. Matthew, what I've got... <laughs> <laughs> this... They're... Right, the, the, the quote here is, uh, I'll start with the, I'm missing out the beginning because it's boring, but the, it gets to the thing, popcorn is a contentious issue. <laughs> That's not true. Oh, many Lots time. of people absolutely hate it and have been asked us to ban it, so we're going to exactly do that. It's a chain of cinemas and then uh, other people, where's, the, where's this other bit? Um, oh, it just, it, it's ridiculous. It says uh, people always have a strong opinion of popcorn, they either love it or hate it. I mean... Entirely indifferent That's to it. That's Marmite, do you think, of? <laughs> yeah. Imagine Marmite popcorn. Cinemas would explode. <laughs> but so I mean, you can't ban popcorn. It's a part of the history of cinema. I enjoy the smell of popcorn as part of the cinema, you can I buy think. It and sniff it. But I very rarely buy popcorn. At the price of it as well, it's just corn that exploded and then it's like seven quid. Right, and the good. idea of salted popcorn is ridiculous. It's to delicious me. salted popcorn. No, I'm a sweet popcorn it's man. Savory snack. So there you go, you've proved your point. You do have a strong opinion on popcorn oh ah uh, once we get <laughs> no once we get within the realm of popcorn i'm quite happy to hold strong opinions about various uh, domains of the realm right but uh, overall i find uh, popcorn leaves me neither hot nor cold Okay, lukewarm yeah. on the popcorn issue. Because we went to the cinema this week, didn't we, to see Batman? Which Very is a terrible idea for a comic when you're looking for something to do in Edinburgh to go a film that's got a million, 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 dillion, billion pound budget and then you go and talk in a metal room for an hour <laughs> and you realise that there are no explosions in your Edinburgh show uh, or well-paid actors. So, text in 64046 with the story that you think is most likely to lead you to a debate over breakfast. Would you be more likely to rant about banning popcorn in cinemas? You can't or... ban popcorn in cinemas. You're, you're Leading the audience now, Dan. I have to let Lloyd Langford have one more say. I didn't realise that we had to pick the most contentious news story. I don't <laughs> imagine many people would be bothered either way about rutting seahorses. I think the way you say it, though, I can't help but uh, think they would. So text 64046 if you have a point to make on either story, uh, whichever one I think has uh, inspired the most interest. So the text is 64046. The email is uh, johnrichardson.sixmusic at bbc.co.uk. Um, so uh, text and email's coming in uh, regarding the news stories. This is my point, says an anonymous texter which is a bit like a question. Has Lloyd ever travelled on the 65 bus? Thanks, Mr Richardson. That's record time from entry into the studio to stalk a question. That's quite uh, creepy. Um, the 65 bus uh, goes directly past my flat in London. I was going to say the vicinity of London, but it's probably best <laughs> to give out less rather than more information. I would say so, yeah. Although, judging, I don't know, someone clearly, someone clearly knows you, Lloyd. Um, 
Um, so, uh, sort of opinions coming in. Amy and Leeds, Lloyd, as much as I liked your story, I'm now having an internal argument with myself about banning popcorn. <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that it's a ridiculous idea. To so, ban it or to have it? To ban popcorn is, is a ridiculous idea. Uh, Amy in Sheffield says, John, salted popcorn is the boom ting. I don't really know what that means. I think it means it's good. Um, uh, fact. Banning popcorn? Question mark. No! Exclamation mark. Ban the nachos. Four full stops. Oh. Foul stinking oddities, she says. Who wants runny cheese in the cinema? I I appreciate the backup, but I'd rather my loyal followers had basic levels of literacy. <laughs> um, OK, well, there you go. You may be losing votes, as we count. <laughs> Uh, I hate popcorn. The smell is revolting and the taste really, really doesn't make up for the sickening smell. I would be delighted if it was banned from not only cinemas, but the world in general. We've got wooden floors in my flat, which I'm not used to yet, and I nearly slipped and killed myself getting to my phone to text this in. So I think it deserves to get read out. That's love from <laughs> Sticky Vicky. Um, that's a reference to something that happened in Edinburgh this week, a reference to... Uh, <laughs> A certain actor who works in a certain region of Spain who I shall make no more mention of, but if you've ever been to Benidorm, you probably know what I'm on about. Um, selling popcorn and other snacks, says Chloe in Barry St Edmunds, is the way cinemas make money. They need it to stay afloat. To ban it would be an utter travesty. It's true, it's true that's true. Um, I, uh, I, I, the comedy club I ran was in a cinema, and the markup on the popcorn and the, uh, the, the soft drinks was, was where they made all of their money, and popcorn is, is a huge expense. The other thing is, if kids are going to throw popcorn, Right, if which the they are. Which they are. You try stopping them. Fine, but how heavy is popcorn? Very light. Very, very <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. So then, if the popcorn's not there, there's nothing as light as popcorn that they could throw. You're Whatever they throw gonna is going to cause more damage than the popcorn. Replace popcorn with iron bars Bricks. or something like that. Okay. Well, if I mean, if that's the alternative, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so generally, a popcorn thing going all right. Uh, Phil from Reading, long-time listener, first-time writer. Welcome. Uh, the story Dan Atkinson read out has sent me into a popcorn-based rage. <laughs> Cinema would not be the same experience without the popcorny smell and the sound of the stuff rustling during the previews. I would that it were only during the previews, Phil in Reading, because uh, they sell those massive tubs and people all the way through it. It would also not be the same to me if I didn't have an entire bucket of popcorn that I hadn't finished before the film actually starts, leaving with a vaguely nauseous sensation throughout the film. Don't let this travesty continue. This is possibly the most important news story I've heard all week. So Dan Atkinson gets my vote. But it's far from a landslide. I mean... I don't know how you feel about the literacy of your supporters, Lloyd. Uh, Tyra in Basingstoke uh, texts in, John, the males give birth to Seahorse Young, so I do have a gender. Ben in Shrews, weird ting about seahorses <laughs> is that the males that get preggers, I've heard, exclamation mark, question mark. So that's surely a point that you agree with. Can you read that out again? I don't think I can. I really don't think I can. Could we get a youth in to translate? <laughs> Weird thing about seahorses is that it the males that get preggers, I've heard. <laughs> Exclamation mark, question mark. Like Arnie in, um, in that junior. Yeah, yeah, I think so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like Arnie in junior. Yeah, Probably see. funnier, though, seahorses, <laughs> I would have thought. Um, and then we've had a pun texted in, which is what I'm all about. Please keep your naff jokes coming in, 64046. So, you can't be a stud hung like a seahorse, then. Welcome to the show, Anonymous. Put your name to these jokes, please. Um, and Danielle in Preston, my brother and I had a pair of pet tortoises called Starsky and Caroline. My brother wanted mine to be called Hutch, of course, but I hated him so much I called it Caroline just to wind him up, which I thought was irrelevant text but it turns out it was relevant to what we were talking about before i thought they were what those little water tortoises called 
The Terrapins. Terrapins. You are wrong to assume I am stalking Lloyd, says our anonymous texter. He is, in fact, surreptitiously stalking me, but I just wanted him to know that I know. Um, isn't one of the principal things about stalking knowing the person who you're following? She I knows don't... who I am, or <laughs> he knows who I am. Yeah. I don't know who they are. Oh, clearly they're implying that you do. Well, this could all be a ruse, Lloyd. You could be just saying this because you think, oh, I'm on national, I won't do your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, I do it the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm on national radio, I don't want to get rumbled as a stalker, so I'll pretend that this is going on. Anyway, so we'll keep that going on. Um... Uh, and a, Would you a, like that? No, I'm not sure we should keep that going on. <laughs> well, because I think you've lost the game, so I'm sort of saying that you've won a stalker, but you've lost the game. How's that? That's fair enough. Um, uh, final text on this subject before we wrap it up is, the males don't get preggers and ting. What is, <laughs> they just look after the baby in their tums after the ladies give birth in it. So that's sort of roundly, uh, that's from Dr. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Romford. Uh, I don't know who that's from. So I'm giving that to you, Dan, uh, the popcorn story. Jeez. Both good stories, but you get bonus points because yours came out of a much higher brow paper. It's more difficult to find an exciting story um, than it is from the news of the world, I think. I'm a faster reader. Are you? Than Lloyd. I'm a very slow reader. I don't think that's a good thing, being a fast reader. Why? Because I, I think you can't be reading it properly. But by the end of my life, I may have read everything. Yeah, but you won't remember any of it. Uh, no. All but... these people who bought Harry Potter at midnight and reckon they'd finished it by 6am, you, you haven't read it, have you? You've just skimmed the pages. Yes, same thing. I think someone's gone to the pains of writing a book and pouring over every word. I like to stop at the end of every sentence and hmm, oh, okay, so... I think that makes you not you really rub, normal. rubbed her up against the hay bales, did he? <laughs> Interesting, okay. What, in Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> we went through a whole thing of um, replacing the word wand, me and Russell, with the word wang in the Harry Potter box, and it's a ripping good laugh, and there's a picture up on our website of uh, a company called Wang. Um, <laughs> so, thank you both for coming in. Uh, Dan, if you're alright to come back next week and take on a challenger in this same same whole charade. I should have cleared this with you beforehand. It strikes me that you might not want to do that. Yeah. We'll I'll... chat off air. <laughs> <laughs> when are your shows on? We've got a lot of listeners up at the Edinburgh Festival. When can they come and see you, Lloyd? Uh, I am doing a show every night at 25 to 7 in the underbelly. It's called Lloyd Langford, Not a Lover, Not a Fighter. And he does it in hot pants. And uh, Dan Atkinson? 9.30 in the Pleasance Courtyard. I'm doing my show, The Credit Crunch and Other Biscuits. Um, and you can get a ticket. <laughs> I say that, you probably can't. <laughs> so there you we can go. get a ticket for me. <laughs> yeah, there are lots of tickets still around for everyone. The festival is still but young. Dan Atkinson, Lloyd Langford making their way back into Edinburgh, replaced by the victorious. <sighs> There's a stench of victory there in the is. studio. I'm and... not being smug about it, though. I'm magnanimous. Yeah? Even in victory, yeah. Yeah? I just headed straight for clamshells. I thought, I know where we'll do it. They were lovely. And as you heard, he let me be... I didn't even... I'd never dreamed he was actually going to get me in on the action. And you didn't have to pay him or anything? No, I put a couple of quid in the tips box. Oh, you're a good man. Matt the Ford. least I could do, and I bought a can of, uh, I won't name the brand, but it was refreshing. A soda. Yeah, I bought a soda, man. But okay. look at this. It I does mean... look, we've got pictures on the website. We're building up the uh, the gallery on the John Richardson page. It was sparse, but now, uh, not least, we had an email in from Emma in Cornwall. I was inspired by John saying that everyone's put sunglasses on their dog at some point, because I don't think I ever have until now. I laughed so much when I looked at this photo that I ache now. So if you want to see what the fuss is all about, go to the gallery, uh, Six Music homepage. And now you can see, I'll be honest, 4D, yeah. the Turkish delight looks rank. <laughs> Looks like it's been shot. I think it all bubbled up inside and has exploded through the batter. I had an idea that it would 
I, I have lots of batter on it and look like a little parcel, but it has leaked out. And the yeah, sad yeah. thing about chocolate being brown is that looks very unappealing. But he's done a good job with the asparagus. Yeah, yeah it looks nice, the asparagus. That looks like it's sort of tempura, quite like Stick it in. Stick I'm it in now. That's 4D, munching on a piece of asparagus, an aphrodisiac. Absolutely delicious. <laughs> that, is my, that is amazing. <laughs> Never in my wildest dreams, Britain. Oh, <laughs> you've got to try this. I love <laughs> the fact that you still save it. My favourite moment of uh, any of the shows I've done on my own, let's be honest, have been up and down, but hearing you go, oh, they let me backstage! They let me backstage and meeting no all my pals. I I've never met these guys before. I've gone in there, can you batter these guys? He says, yeah, sure, right. Talked him into it. Then I'm saying it's going to be on the air live, and um, he just said, "Come behind, come behind," and they parted. The staff parted, let me through, and then it was just kebabs, sausages stacked up, chips. It was uh, pure glee. How did you introduce yourself? Did you say, "Excuse me, Matt Ford, I do a show on Six Music." Well, hey, Fordy! Bra, bra, He said, "I said, can I get some things battered?" And she looked at me and sort of went, "Uh." I said, two Turkish delights and an asparagus, please. <laughs> and he goes, eh, uh, like that. I said, it's for BBC Six Music. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Steve Owen from Jackass. <laughs> 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 he battered some CDs. That's our like, oh, quality, man. So there you go. That Legends, is, uh, clamshells, man. The Legend. words that open doors. If you want anything done in Edinburgh, just say I'm doing it for Six Music. Um, we'll have a track while we talk into the Turkish Delight, because I don't think the reaction to that is going to be quite as favourable. So we'll play some music while we eat that, and we'll come back with our verdict after... What's that? I'm saying, do you want to try some of the asparagus? I do a little bit, yeah. Um, go on, mate, get it in. I'll talk while you do it. John Richardson's just having a little munch. His little face, <laughs> those eyes starting to glow, wiping mm. his fingers. Mm. You're getting full commentary on every part of your body now. He's loving it! Finish it off if you like, mate. That is stunning. That yeah, is really lovely, good. Nice and lightly buttered. The asparagus is still crispy. Oh, oh the I love asparagus. slightly sweet. There we go. I like to think it's getting towards Sunday lunchtime as well, so we've got listeners planning what they're going to have for Sunday lunch. Can't recommend strongly enough. Go and get some asparagus. It's out of season now. You'll have to travel and it will have done air miles. But Mark's out of 10 in the studio for deep fried Turkish delight. Adam Hudson? Nine. Nine. Matt Ford? Ten. John Richardson, 10. That was a real risk. That was one of the most incredible things I've ever had in my mouth. And I think we throw that out to listeners. If you know someone in a chippy who can do that for you and you like Turkish delight... Go out, see what you think. Maybe do other chocolate bars that you like. It doesn't have to be restricted to the Mars bar. Let us know how you got on. John Richards, I'm salivating. That's one you're not sure about. delicious. Yeah, take some risks. I mean, do the cream egg if you but, think... Yeah, but ones that aren't normally chewy. So there's no point in getting a drifter done or a lime bar. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it from body. Don't waste my time. <laughs> Don't come back here with drifter. The... Time out. I reckon a cream egg would be absolutely delicious because the stuff would boil up and you'd probably get a bit of an eruption at the top. Yeah, don't burn yourselves. Be careful. Though. So, I mean, that is a challenge thrown out to listeners on the back of that <laughs> deep-fried so Turkish rich. delight. Absolutely stunning. Since you succeeded out? in your task, then your task for this year is to walk up Arthur's seat and I'll do as a nice, uh, healthy picnic. You're going to come with me. Don't I'll make me do me. I hate my own company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. I can't sit in the house on my own or anything. We're opposites in that respect we are yeah i really like my i love company. your company and you hate mine <laughs> no i like company i just have to be careful yeah. although you know your company was a little bit wasted this week well as you were a little bit wasted <laughs> when you came back to my house to watch a uh, face off and you just fell asleep oh yeah so's mate hugging your little belly <laughs> um <laughs> so um yeah we'll do that well we'll put it in monday or tuesday we'll do it tomorrow or tuesday whichever day is the nicest weather yeah we'll get up there we'll get some picnic we'll get over along we'll get pre you're not a here producer adam you're going back to london i'll go back in the evening 
go back in the evening today. You can come with us. Yeah. Oh, tomorrow day. evening you're going back? Yeah. Oh, well, you oh, can come be, as well, then. It's going to be during the day. We'll get the whole gang up there. Anyone's around, go and batter some chocolate, and then let's get up there. Obviously, we can't give a time out, because we don't want everyone coming along. Right? Let's do this. Let's sort this out in private, <laughs> because there are some people up here that we really don't want there. <laughs> <laughs> you probably know who you are. Um, so I'll read this, this chocolate deep frying. Chris in Staining, why not try Turkish Delight, i.e. the genuine stuff without the chocolate? Uh, battered because there wouldn't be any dark patchiness. I have to admit that I think the chocolate melting into the batter is oh, one of the things that made it special. I've got to say now, I've got the most incredible acid indigestion. <laughs> Have you got any of it? It's like molten in my... Coming right up my tubes. <laughs> oh, man. Did you eat anything... Sudden, sharp shoots of heat. When we sent you out and you'd eaten all that meat, did you eat anything on your way to the chippy? I didn't on have anything. Back? I tell you, I felt acidic on the way there. I was going up the Royal Mile, which is a heck of an incline, <laughs> and just... Oh, the, I just felt so hot inside. I felt like something was going to burst out my chest. Felt oh, like, like, John like alien. Yeah, yeah. Um, my first deep-fried experience, says, uh, George's fan, Edinburgh, was, uh, a deep-fried crunchy. Oh. It's awesome, the honeycomb goes all gooey, says oh. oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, I'm seeing it. Um, and Emma in Falkirk texted in to say, uh, glad you enjoyed it, it was her that suggested that we batter the turkey. Good on you, Emma. Uh, my mate Max lives in Falkirk, so maybe you guys should hook up, he is single, and, in my opinion, fit. <laughs> Sounds like you've staked your own claim there, to be honest. Well, and we'll uh, an anonymous texter says, "I had a battered Snickers in Launceston a while ago. Now I want a deep-fried Turkish delight." And Launceston is nearly an hour away. Is it worth the drive? Definitely, it's worth the walk. It's worth the flight. Whatever mode you use, categorically, it is worth it. have a lovely day out in Launceston and cap it off with the with the trip to um, a the chippy, old, the to old get chippy. That. and then yeah. maybe pop along see a show about quarter past three ish. I've <laughs> <laughs> on it. I like you so much better when you're naked by Cheers, Isa mate. Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Um, that's how you are going to enjoy foods now, naked. No dressings, none of that nonsense. Uh, anyone who's ever lived with me will tell you that I've been doing that for quite some time. Did you eat naked? <laughs> Sometimes, when it's hot. You know, you cook yourself a really hot, hot food. You spaghetti burn yourself. bolognese. Yeah. You're only going to ruin your clothes anyway, so just let the. Um, I'll sometimes go topless with a spag bol. Yeah, I do. It's yeah. horrible. It looks. You can't not look you like Rabsy Nesbitt. You probably look because you're ripped. Eating a spag bol with your top off, watching football, is the most. Sweating, wiping your brow with your socks. Ah, oh, dear me. Um, so, a couple of texts. Uh, Colin in Dumfries. I haven't heard from him for a long time, so I'm going to do his voice once and for all. Hello, John! Long time, no text. <laughs> Think I'll stay to battered fish, thanks very much. Um, so, good to hear from you, good Colin. Shit. Stick on the fish, it's fine. 4D allergic to fish. Yeah, bad for me, mate. I'm going to have Turkish Delight and chips now for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we're, we're getting towards the sort of wrap-up stage. Um, it was the saddest part of the show for isn't me. Isn't it? And but for the listeners, I'm you sure. Know, you need the night time to appreciate the daytime. Yeah, we'll be, man. We'll be back for more. Uh, we've had a text that I think wraps up perfectly the kind of stuff we've been talking about from uh, Brandon. My girlfriend's gran used to give her dog a Mars bar every day. Nice gesture. Uh, the vet explained that this was making it fat and he would eventually die, so she switched to Milky Ways. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Cracking. There's Lovely nothing grandma. like the logic of old lady. Do you know, my nan this week absolutely rescued my festival. Really? I was, you get really forget why you become a comedian, which is to make people laugh, and you get obsessed with looking for posters of yourself. My mum gave me the phone uh, on uh, Friday this week and said, oh, your nan wants to quit work, she's going to tell you a joke, which is a, you know, this is a frightening moment for any man. 
my nan 10 minutes laughing down the phone. She couldn't tell me the joke because she was laughing so <laughs> much at Just She's got the most incredible laugh. She just starts wheezing and it rolls on. And I just, I, we're both laughing at each other down the phone for 10 minutes. And I realised why you come to the Edinburgh Festival, which is to have a laugh, innit? Good old hoot. Um, so uh, we'll wrap up um, uh, after this track. Uh, don't forget to go to the website uh, while I'm on the subject to see pictures of dogs. We've talked about dogs and animals and stuff today. And me eating and stuff. And you eating stuff, yeah. That's so finally, people that are going to get the live on there. Wanted. And we've got, um, what was I going to Oh, the video of the week, which we do every week. There's no audio from it this week because it was too frightening. We've got a video of uh, a whole load of people hiding in stuff and scaring the bejesus out of people. <laughs> so you can check that. And we've also, since it's the start of the football season, we've got uh, a video of the drunkest referee you'll have ever seen uh, refereeing a game in Belarus. Hopefully that won't happen in the game, which 4D is off to watch now between... Forest, Forest and Reading. Really promoting Nottingham Forest. I was actually. Oh, we've already told this something about me. Uh, was that was that on air or off air about me <laughs> screaming out about Forest? No, that was on air. Yeah, so it's a callback. So uh, people it's know what a drunkard you are. Uh, we've come to the end of another week. Thank you very much mm. for all your texts and emails this week. Uh, thank you to 4D. No, it's been a pleasure talking to you, John, Adam, and of course the rest of the country and the nation, the Britain. nation. Um, thank you to Dan Atkinson and Lloyd Langford. Dan back next week, taking on a new challenger in the, uh, the sort of the. New news head-to-head thing that I haven't thought of a title for yet. And thanks to uh, Oliver. Next week, I'll be joined again by Axis. Uh, Rich Hall joins us next week oh, between 11 and 12. Wow. That should be smashing. And, of course, the new Matt Ford. Who knows what he's going to be like. Oh, but yeah. Reinvented next week, lads. A brand new Nat Ford. Uh, we <laughs> Can play I just do out. one last Rude Boys sign-out before I go? Please do. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Never to old be heard Fordy again. The old the Matt Ford has died. Um, we play out. This is the last of the tracks I've picked uh, for Edinburgh. We all have our coping strategies in Edinburgh. <laughs> Uh, and I'll dedicate this to uh, Anne Wright, who emails in to say, I've just started living on my own for the first time. Bit of an adjustment. I haven't even got a garage to cry in. You could play me a song, if you like, from one lone drinker to another. Can't think of a better one to play for you before the music week. This is I Drink Alone by George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Take care, bye-bye. BBC Six Music.